the, the new campus. We want to just continue to build upon the fact that we are one church in two locations and it's really important to us. We know that there'll be those who'll have a particular bias towards a particular location. We understand that because of where you live. Uh, but we want to just continue to build upon the fact that it's not about Ilkeson and it's not about Mansfield. It's about the area. It's about us touching the area and where God gives us open doors. We'll walk through them by God's grace. And I want to say, you know, we're going to open many churches like we did last night. We really are. I just know it in my heart. We're going to open many more. And uh, there's Andy who believes that with me. So thanks, Andy. No, and others. And uh, really do believe that. And uh, this morning, it would really be helpful if you'd just give me feedback, smile at me. Um, I know you've been used to seeing Phil for the last few weeks. I said to Sharon, we're a bit lean on number this morning. I said it's probably because they've heard that I'm preaching and not Phil. Um, But, oh yeah. But uh, uh, just smile at me and just encourage me. That will be great. We've been um, following on the series called Called. And and, uh, just over the last couple of weeks, um, Phil took the subject, and again, I want to reiterate, if you didn't manage to hear his first message on the call, I'd encourage you to do so. It was just a, a very, very um, earthy, uh, dynamic word that we needed to hear. And then last week, just talking about that, you know, everyone is called. There's a call on all of our lives to serve Jesus. And this morning, I, I, I want to just address the subject of don't just sit there, do something. So if you've got a, if you've got a notepad or an iPad or a computer device or a mobile device, don't be texting or twittering while I'm on, unless you're twittering some nice things to say. Um, But, you know, we're going to talk about don't just sit there, do something. And uh, I thought it would be a good thing for us at this particular moment to just invite in a moment Amelia to come and just uh, take the platform with me just for a few moments because um, she did exactly that. And uh, we know that Amelia went to Albania recently. She was back in on uh, early hours of Monday, and uh, she's had a great time. And so I wonder, Amelia, if you'd come and join us. Why don't we give her a really, really warm welcome as she comes and joins me. Amelia, I wonder if you'd just tell us a little bit about yourself. Don't assume that everybody knows who you are or where you come from. So a little bit about yourself and also what you do. Uh, Okay. I'm Amelia, and I'm a student. I study at Nottingham University. Uh, I do theology and religious studies, and I absolutely love studying. Uh, and I'm 21 years old, and I work at Stacey's Bakery in Ilkeston. And, um, yeah, that's, that's it, really. Wonderful. That's and me. have you lived in this local area or, or pretty much all your life? Or Yeah, I've always lived yeah. in Ilkeston. Okay. So. I'm really pleased you're studying theology because I often refer, the staff know I refer to Phil as my personal theologian and now I potentially have another personal theologian as well because I need theologians around me, I tell you. Um, Now you recently went to Albania and uh, on your first ever missions trip, how did this come about? Um, Well I suppose I just, I thought people my age and students tend to go abroad during the summer and things, so I thought um, I perhaps could do that. So um, I arranged to meet up with Christian, and I said, I'm thinking about maybe going abroad, what do you think I should do? And um, he said, maybe you could go to Albania. So I thought, okay, I'll do it, but I really don't want to go by myself because I've never been abroad on my own. Um, Like, the furthest I've been on my own was, like, Birmingham or something. So... (laughs) Um, 
but yeah, and I thought, why not? Let's just why not? Let's just go. And there was a bit of journey to that, of course, and Neil's here. Neil was planning on going, and he was going to be dad for Amelia. They were going to a family that we know, so everything was, was good. And then, of course, he uh, had the uh, shoulder injury, so he was left uh, to travel alone. You know, how, 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 did it, how did it feel? Just tell us a little bit about the journey and the trip and just what was going on in your heart. And uh, Well, when I found out that... Um I was going to have to go by myself. I sort of had to decide, do I still want to go? Because it was really, really quite scary. But I thought, I've told everyone that I'm going to Albania. I can't say I'm not going now. Um, So I thought, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to do it. I didn't really think about it. I just said, I'm still going to go. Yeah, great. And what things did you do while she was out in Albania? I mean, just give us a little bit of an insight into how they lived, what you saw, what you felt. Um, Well, it was... It was quite an eye-opener, to be honest. Um, like, the area that um, the Hudsons live in um, is quite poor, and there's, they have normal buildings like we have here, but they're, like, all unfinished. So they just live in, like, concrete houses. But inside the houses, they're really nice, and they really make an effort to clean and things like that. But outside, there's just, like, animals roaming around and rubbish everywhere and... Um, there's like a canal with sewage in it, and it's it's not very nice. But um, like the people are so friendly, and um, it, it's really surprising how lovely the people are to say that they they're so poor and like they don't have the things that we have. Yeah. And what sort of things were you doing while she was out there, Amelia? Um, well, most of the time was spent in the Barima Centre. Um, so I was working in the summer co- summer camp um, with the children, um, just colouring in and doing pictures and making bracelets and trying to talk to them as much as I could with my very limited Albanian. So. Of course, of course, yeah. And yeah, my understanding as well is, because I got a message, that you was actually preaching as well. Just tell us a little bit about that. I wouldn't say that I actually delivered a preach, but um, <laughs> Neil asked me to just share a bit of my testimony in their small alpha group on a Sunday. Um, so, I just, so I just did that and um, that was... Um, Blessing to them. And what, what have you learned, Amelia, whilst you've been away? Is there anything specifically? Because my, my piece of advice to you, if you remember my email, you know, I just said, you know, have a wonderful time. We'll be praying for you. We love you. We believe in you. But I also said, just take the moment to allow God to speak to you. Was there anything specific? And this isn't set up because I really haven't spoken to Amelia since she's got back. Is there anything particular? Um, I suppose just that I can trust God um, with anything. Um, Quite specifically, um, like I, I'm quite a fussy eater, and I was really worried about the food. Like even though I was staying with an English family, um, but all of that was fine, and I didn't worry about the food. And I was just thinking, like God really is interested in every aspect of your life. Absolutely. Like, even my fussy eating habits, you know. And I just I, I feel like I can trust God with, with everything now. And um, I don't know. I just. It's hard to explain, but I just feel so at peace with myself, and I've never felt like that before. Wonderful. So what next? Um, well, I kind of feel like I can do anything, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but um, I'd quite like to uh, maybe lead a team out there next year. Um, I really think that people can be blessed by going and, and seeing what's being done out there, so I'd love to do that. Is there anything else that you want to... Because your dad was telling me something that we needed. What does she need to remember to say? <laughs> oh, yeah. On the, <laughs> on the Sunday, um, there was um, 
there's some other missionaries out there as well, um, some American guys, and they, they do a wonderful job as well. And um, there was about uh, five um, guys who were getting baptized on the Sunday. Um, I think there was four Albanians and then one of the younger American girls. Um, and they all got baptized in the sea, and it was just wonderful. They gave the yeah. testimonies, and I don't know what they said because it was an Albanian, <laughs> but I'm sure it was really great. Um, and Neil was joking because in the morning I'd, I'd given my testimony and done a great preach, and then loads of people were baptized afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that was really great. Wonderful. Amelia, we're so thrilled that you were able to, to go. If you are interested, I didn't know she was thinking of next, next year. Seriously, just talk to her. I think that would be a great thing. We, we appoint you as our leader of the team out to Albania. I think that's a good thing. Any young people would like to go, then please speak to Amelia, and we can line that up. Just finally, the Hudsons are doing, doing well. I mean, they're going to be over in a, in a few days, but they're doing well. Uh, yeah, it seemed, they, they seemed fine, and everything they're doing is just, it's just amazing. I couldn't believe all the things that they had. Um, in place or the kids clubs and they know the families around them so well and they're just doing a great job please continue to pray for Amelia and please continue to pray for the Hudsons and their three children that God would bless them Uh, just before Amelia and we'll give her a round of applause you see the reality is and this is what I want to pick up there up on we can often just sit there and do nothing but actually Amelia didn't just want to sit there she actually did something. So I wonder if we'd give her a round of applause as she takes a seat. Can we give that? <laughs> Wonderful. What's, what's even more beautiful is actually Amelia's a, a very gentle, you can see a very gentle soul. Probably mum and dad would say different to that. And actually I had a, uh, just an email from Lou to say, this quiet girl, she's not so quiet uh, so I don't know what that's meant to mean, but she is a very quiet uh, soul, and, um, and yet she just has gone for it. It's just wonderful what God can do when we make ourselves available. I want to try and attempt to answer the question, why, if we are all called, why are we all tempted then to sit there and do nothing? Because the point of the message this morning is don't just sit there, do something. But there's some, a tendency in many of our hearts, if we're all honest with ourselves, that at times there can be seasons in our life where we just sit there and do nothing. I want to read from 1 Corinthians in chapter 4 and verse 18 to 21 from the message. And as you find in yourself there, I've just... Um, remembered that I need, to, I need to do something. So this is nothing to do with my message here this morning. I want to say I was just talking with Debbie, and uh, Debbie's been having some blood tests, there's been some issues, and she just said to me today that uh, God has done a wonderful miracle in her, and uh, they've put it down to the medication, the doctors have, there's a note down to the medication, but actually she said to me, in quietness, I didn't actually take and finish the course of medication and God has done a wonderful, really, really wonderful miracle in her. And um, we can do better than that, guys. We really can. Give him praise to Jesus. He really has done a wonderful miracle for her. And, uh, and also for Bill and Liz, it's lovely seeing them. They, we can't, they can't always be here every week. But there's just, Liz just said to me, they're on the road. They've had many, many challenges. But the things are looking up and we'll continue to pray and just thank God for the miracles that are happening for you guys as well. So uh, we give God praise for, for what's happening. Amen? Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Wonderful. 
So 1 Corinthians in chapter 4, verse 18 to 21, I'm going to read it from the message, so you may not be able to follow me easily. Um, But it says there, I know there are some among you who are so full of themselves, they never listen to anyone, let alone me. This is Paul speaking. They don't think I'll ever show up in person, but I'll be there sooner than you think, God willing. And then we'll see if they're full of anything but hot air. God's way is not a matter of mere talk, but it's an empowered life. So how should I prepare to come to you as a severe disciplinarian who makes you toe the mark or as a good friend and counselor who wants to share heart to heart with you? You decide. This morning I'm not here as a strict disciplinarian who wants you to toe the mark, but I come as Paul did, as a good friend and a counsellor, who just wants to share heart to heart with you about something that I think is very important for us at this particular time, a pivotal time in Arena Church's history. Because God's way is not a matter of mere talk, but it's an empowered life. And the Apostle Paul, in his own imitable way, was clear, God's way, is not a matter of talk. You see, talk is cheap, but it's an empowered life. Action, focus, direction. If I can say this, there's lots to do, and if you think, well, this is just another strategy to try and get more out of us, to get us doing more, you're wrong on the first point, you're right on the second point, because there is so much to do, and there's people who just are sitting there. There's many of you not sitting there, you are doing something, but there's others Who can do more? And the reason why I want to talk to you in the way that I am is because God wants you to do more. You see, what we don't want you to do, and what I don't want, I don't want for my life to be, is because I will be judged for what I've been given and what I've done with what I've been given. Do you know that? When I stand before God, I won't be judged according to my sin. My sin has been dealt with. What I will be judged according to is what I have done with what I've been given. Some of you, probably that's the first time you've ever understood that. So if God has given you a talent, remember the parable of the talents, some of you are incredibly talented and you're 10 talent kind of individuals, well, you better make sure you do something with those talents. Some of you are five talent individuals and you better make sure you do something with your talent. But if you're feeling like you're just the one talent kind of guy which if I can be honest with you, I sometimes feel a little bit about myself, just a one-talent kind of guy, then what you don't want to do is just dig a hole and place the talent in there. Because read the scriptures. I don't want to build a theology out of this, but it's quite clear. The servant came along and said, you wicked servant, what you've done is completely wrong. You did not even put it in the bank to get some interest. And he took the talent and gave it to somebody else. There was a sense in which the master was very, very displeased with what the people had done. And I think that's a story to the church. Because I think there's many, many people who have talents. And you may serve your company so well. And you serve your business so well. And you serve those in a corporate, commercial sense so well. And that's very, very important because we do it as unto the Lord. But when it comes to the church, we just give a little bit of something. And I don't think that's acceptable. 
Because actually God is wanting everything from us. He really does. So when we come and bring worship to him, he wants all of our worship. When we come and serve in a particular area, he wants all of our serving. If we see some rubbish on the car park, it's not the job of the other people to do it. You wouldn't have that in your own home, most of you. You'd pick that rubbish up. So why do we think it's acceptable to walk by it in church? These are the little things I think are so, so important. And you see, I really believe God wants to challenge each and every one of us, and I'm talking to myself, that God's way is not a matter of mere talk, but it's an empowered life. There is lots to do. We put out last week, there's a serving, a serving survey. If you don't have a clue what I'm on about, you can go to the Arena Church website and there's a, you can fill out a questionnaire and you can get an understanding of what you're called to. If you wanted to know where you can serve, Christine, you'll know Christine, but Christine's given us a wave now. Christine, talk to her. In a few weeks, there's going to be brochures of how you can get involved. And please, I've heard this said, well, some, somebody said recently, well, they didn't come and ask me. It was almost like, well, they didn't come and ask me. Guys, we don't need to, surely, I'm asking you now. If you've got a gift, just use that gift in Jesus' name. I want you to use your God-given gifts. I don't just want you to sit down and do nothing. I want you to get up and do something. I want you to get involved. But let me just move quickly. There are several reasons why people just sit and do little or nothing. I can't believe I've got so many notes this morning. I very rarely have notes, but I've got several reasons. So if you're taking notes, I'm just going to bullet point these because I want to get right to the end. So I want to race because I want to get to where we are. So there are several reasons why you are sat there If you feel like this, where you may feel like you're doing little or nothing, and and these are very, very valid reasons, and I want to just believe that the Holy Spirit is going to do his work, because I haven't got time to deal with every one of them. But first of all, people do nothing because they're fearful. And they're fearful of this. What if I'm rubbish or I fail? What if I'm rubbish at what I've been said I'll do? What if I really can't do it? Or it may be that you've had past experience of failing in a particular area and you think, I don't want to do that again. You know. And we've all been there. And God wants to deal with your fears. We heard that this morning. The second thing is, and this is a very big reason, particularly in church, in some people we've had this said about arena because you think we've got it all together and it hasn't. We, we haven't. And you may think somebody's already got it covered. So that job's already covered. They're already incredibly gifted on worship, so we don't need any more worship people. What you don't understand is Julie's building the worship team more and more. We're believing for more and more people. Well, they've got loads of welcomers. What you don't understand is that Christine and the guys are trying to just expand that team and grow that team. Well, you know, Josh doesn't need any more people in youth and, and TMP. What you don't understand is we had a conversation even this week where how can we launch out Mansfield Universal TMP Ilkeston, TMP Mansfield, TMP Alfreton. I mean, there's all these things that are, that are happening in our, in our hearts. Well, Sean doesn't need any more volunteers because actually he's already sorted at the shop. What you don't realize is he's always needing more volunteers who will people. And you may say, well, I don't do retail. You don't have to. If you can sort through clothes and you're good with an iron, then you can come and help. Well, Lisa, she's got the biggest team in the church. She's well sorted. She's well capable. What you don't realize is all that's in Lisa's heart and the team's heart to expand and grow. All that's happening, acorns, flourish, embrace. 
all the different food bank, all the different things that we're wanting to do. Do I need to go on? And sometimes we just think, well, it's already covered. It isn't. Well, it is, but actually we could do a lot more. We could do, so even at the pastoral level, if you think that it's just going to remain with Phil and I, we dream about this and talk about this of just adding the team, getting larger and larger and larger. Because we can't be forever going to Mansfield and then into Wilkeston. And then, you know, we've got to at some point be releasing these things out. And that's our intention and that's our heart. So don't just sit there and do nothing because you think somebody's already got it covered because it probably isn't the case. The other thing is someone can do it better than me. Well, that probably is the case. But is that any reason for you to just sit there? There's people who can preach a lot better than me. <laughs> but I'm, that isn't any, any, any reason for me not to just do what I'm called to do. Are you hearing me? Let's not live with comparison. Well, they can do it better than me and they're better than me and whatever. That's no reason. Actually, all God looks for is a willing heart. If you've got a willing heart and you've got a right spirit, God will use you. Fourthly, fourthly I'm tired. I understand there are seasons of rest. What I do get very concerned about is when people come, even to this church, and they say, I've come from, I'm resting, I understand that. But listen to me, I, we all need seasons of rest. Neil and Anne was talking to me last night about seasons of rest, and we'll just leave that conversation for, for now. And I understood where they was coming from. But if a season becomes a lifestyle, hello, Houston, we have a problem. We have a problem. Because seasons are seasons. Seasons aren't meant to be lifestyles. And so you might need to rest at this moment. That's fine. But don't use the tired card, you know, resting card forever. Because that's no excuse. This is a bit of a tough one. Please hear me out here. Several reasons why people just sit there and do little or nothing. Laziness and selfishness. It had to be put in because I'm just trying to work through these things. You see, we have a a total disregard for others and more importantly for God. So what we actually do is we sit there and we do nothing. We just consume because we believe that this church or this kingdom that God is establishing and building is all about me. It's all about me. It's not all about me. In fact, it's not about me at all. It's all about him. And you see, very often we can live, and we all, we've all done it at times, we can live with just a sense of laziness and selfishness. And we have a disregard for others. And I'm just really wanting to underline that. Another reason is discouragement, why people just sit and do nothing. Discouragement, discouragement is a very powerful emotion. I don't want to go, go there at the moment, but Caroline knows about this, and there's just one or two other people who I confided in, but I had the most discouraging time over, over, over the summer period. Don't know why, but I felt utterly discouraged. You wouldn't have known it. You wouldn't have known it, because I was fine, but I was just... And it, was, it wasn't just because of a specific, it was a very spiritual thing that I felt I was under. It was very, very difficult for me to just, you know, discouragement is a very, very powerful emotion. And it can sap our energy levels. And more importantly, it can create mayhem in our minds. So if you're here discouraged, I understand what you feel like. I understand what you're going through. 
But it's no reason for us to not show up and do something. But the one that I want to get to is this. And I'm going to spend my time here. And in a moment, I'm going to ask Andy if he'll come and just jump on the keyboard. Because I'm going to try and draw a response from each and every one of us this morning. I will say this. The Holy Spirit even whispered to me this morning, Christian, watch what I will do. Watch what I will do. So I'm just putting myself out there. I'm in the hands of God with this. Because the Holy Spirit spoke to me on early, very early Tuesday morning. As I was preparing for a staff context that I brought together. And it was lovely to just gather a number of people from community. And a number of people from church. And just gather them together. I I really enjoyed the time. And as I was trying to prepare my heart for it. Because I knew what I wanted to say. Just just put it down. The Lord just took me in a completely different direction. And just began to speak to me. About this message this morning. And it really was the Holy Spirit. Who just whispered. I felt his whisper in my heart. And he said Christian people are sitting Because they have lost their joy. People are sitting because they have lost their joy. That's the last reason why people just sit there and do little or nothing. Because they've just lost their joy. You can say all you want. Come on guys, let's let's do it. Come on guys, let's go. But there's no ability for them to drag them out of the chairs and, and to go for it. Because there's just a sense in which they've lost their joy. And I'm not here as a condemner this morning... I'm here as an encourager this morning. Are you hearing me? I'm here to encourage your heart. There is hope in this message. But we have to deal with where we're at now. So we have to recognize it and deal with it. And then God's going to do something amongst us. I just, when he said that to me, that people have lost their joy. Interestingly, Lisa said something in the team meeting and it took me back to a time when I was invited to go and preach in Leighton Buzzard in a Baptist context. And my title of the message was, are you, have you lost, are you lost in wonder or have you lost the wonder? Play of words, are you lost in wonder or have you lost the wonder? And it draws us back again to joy. I felt the Holy Spirit just take me to the Psalm 51. And in a moment, I'm going to read it. Because David wrote this psalm out of um, such transparency and vulnerability because he'd committed adultery. It was just out there for the nation. It's just a tragic, tragic story. This great king, David, the activist... The guy who was up and he wasn't just sitting there, he was doing something. The worshipper, the leader, who was now lost in sin. See, sin robs us of all peace and all joy. And the result of that is a total lack of purpose. He had lost his joy. So let's listen to what David writes. Restore to me the joy of of your salvation. One version says, make me as happy as you did when you saved me. (laughs) Make me as happy as you did when you saved me. Give me a few wave if you can remember when Jesus saved you. Just that day when you met with Jesus. Don't please, that day, just think on it now. That day when you just met with Jesus. 
That day you just met with Jesus. Friend, can I ask you, are you still lost in wonder of that day or have you lost just a sense of that wonder? David was saying, restore, repair, renew. That's what it means, the Hebrew word. Means to repair and renew my salvation story. I've lost it. I'm so far away from you, God. But restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Make me as happy as you did when I first met with you. Joy comes to our lives when we remember how we were saved because we often forget. You see, out of our spending time with Jesus, joy arises. You see, in the midst of your pain, and there's been a lot running through the meeting this morning, people who, I know, they're just, people, some of you are just discouraged, and some of you are just challenging situations, and I'm aware of some of those, but not everything. But I want to say to you, joy comes in the morning. Joy comes after tears. Weeping may remain for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Joy will come as you just spend time in his presence, as you spend time with him. The other thing about joy is it produces strength. It produces strength. It will make you strong. It will make you strong. And some of you here are sitting there and you want to do something, but you just feel utterly discouraged. You feel utterly downcast, downbeat. You've lost the wonder of your salvation story. And even though you're in the environment of what, and Josh encourages us to dance and it was just brilliant and there was a a lift that came to the service, which was wonderful. But, you know, you just know in your heart, you just feel barren, you feel a bit dry, you know, we've all done it. I've done it sometimes just to press through. I did it over just a number of weeks. Just I worshipped God anyway, in spite of how I felt. I didn't feel particularly good. I felt discouraged. I, I, I just, I just, it was almost like, well, it's an act of sacrifice here because I don't feel like it, but I'm doing it anyway. And when these wives were leading me, you wouldn't have known it. Come on, lift your hands. I thought, well, I don't want to lift my hands, actually. I really don't want to lift my hands. In fact, what I want to do is just sit down and do nothing because I feel utterly discouraged. And this is bizarre because we're in the midst of a building campaign and wonderful things happening. There are great things, community launch projects, people getting saved. I felt utterly discouraged. But I just lifted my hands. And some of you have done that. But I want to tell you, God doesn't want you to live there because that isn't a relationship. He wants to restore some joy back to you. I've got my joy back. Do they call it mojo? I've got my mojo back. I've got my joy back. I thank God for what he's doing in my life. He wants to bring joy to people. Refreshing, renewing, repairing. Where you feel barren, broken. Feel like you've been wrecked. Some prophetic songs that have been sung over the last few weeks. Out of the wreckage, God's going to bring some joy to you. I have no ability to conjure up anything here. Even though he's on the keys, you can make it. I have no ability. That's why I say, watch what I will do. Holy Spirit said, watch what I'll do. 
And as Jesus was praying, he said to me, Christian, you might not actually see anything visible because you can't see what's happening in people's hearts. But something's going to happen in people's hearts as they respond to my word. This isn't your word, Christian. This is my word. As people respond to my word, something is going to happen. Some of you haven't responded for years. Years. And God's going to do something. And what will happen out of that is you won't be able to just sit there and do nothing because you'll get your mojo back. And you'll be saying, what can I do? I've got my salvation joy back. I want to serve Jesus. I want to please Jesus. What can I do, Christine? What can I do, guys, to help? What can I do to reach out to my neighbors? It won't become drudgery and us trying to thrash something out of you. That won't build the church. These are the kind of messages that will build the church. I wonder if we just bow our heads. If you've never responded to Jesus Christ while every eye is closed and head is bowed, You don't know who Jesus is, but today you've been impacted by the fact that he loves you, he's committed to you. Yeah, you're a sinner. David was a sinner, but he had to come to the Savior. And as he met the Savior, his sins were washed and wiped clean once and for all. You've never had that experience. Sir, madam, teenager, you don't know what it is to have your sins forgiven. But today, Jesus is whispering into your heart, I have the ability to change your life, to set you free, to bring you peace. While every eye is closed and head is bowed, if you are saying, Christian, will you count me in this prayer this morning? Something supernatural is going to take place for the very first time in your life. If you're saying, yes, Christian, I want to respond to this Jesus I'm going to place my life in his hands. I wonder if you'd just raise your hand where you are now. Just raise it high and then put it down again. Thank you. Anybody else this morning? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else this morning? Now, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would meet with these people. That they would know what it is to have their sins forgiven. Madam, he's erasing that shame. He's washing you now internally. In Jesus' name. Lord, do a supernatural work in these three hands that have been raised this morning. Now, while Andy just continues to play... And you could say, well, it's gone very emotional. I'm not wanting it to do, but there's going to be a little bit of, you're just going to have to go with it, guys. Because some of you are, 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 I'm telling you, I'm calling you to respond. And I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I'm not going to do anything at all other than ask you in a moment, if you're able and you need to respond in a moment, not yet, I'm going to ask you to stand And all we'll do is we'll just stand for a moment and we'll just allow the praises of God to begin to arise. And all I'm going to ask you is you just reach out to the Lord. So I'm talking to people who now know God.